You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. Thank you for joining me here on Pet Life Radio. Ask the Best with Dr. Jeff, and I am your host, Dr. Jeff Werber, live at the Central Veterinary Conference right here in beautiful downtown Kansas City. And it's an amazing conference. I mean, I've been coming to this conference for years and just watching it grow by leaps and bounds. The exhibit hall is probably three times the size it normally was. So I figured it'd be fun to uh, bring you the conference live here at Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff here on Pet Life Radio. Your host for the next half hour is me, and I want to hear from you. And it's easy to get a hold of me. Just give me a call at 877-385-8882, or you can just log on to Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff here on Pet Life Radio and join in on the conversation. Or if you send me a quick email to drjeff, Jeff at petliferadio.com, Mark Winter, our producer, will quickly send me the email, and I will be able to answer your questions live. And not just free advice. But if you call in, you also get a free ProSense product. Thanks for our sponsor, ProSense, and a free Kong toy. Not bad. For free advice to get be on live radio and you get something for your pet. That's a win-win-win for everybody. And we want to hear from you. Don't be bashful. Now, one of the things that, that we talked a couple of weeks ago, we were talking about allergies. And we were discussing all the different allergens, whether they be pollens or which we called inhaled allergies or atopy, fleas, a biggie food allergies. We talked about how all of these seem to manifest by skin problems, as well as a lot of the household allergens like tobacco, like kapok, like wool, feathers. Actually, we see dogs that are allergic to cats. So there's so many different allergens out there. And the, the challenge has always been, A, relieving the itch, the discomfort, the inflammation, but also to try to diagnose, if we can, what the pet is allergic to. And as we discussed, remember, with food allergies, it's so difficult to try to find out what our pets are allergic to and have to go through a major, major types of food elimination trials to try to identify what they're allergic to. Well, one of the big arenas here in veterinary medicine, certainly when it comes to allergy, is allergy testing and allergy treatments. And so much has changed over the years. Now, if any of you, as did I, had allergies as kids, we would get these scratch tests. We would, they would, we'd go to the allergist and they would take our arm or on our back and make all these little scratches and they would put in drops of the antigen into each little scratch, then inject them in and watch for the reaction. And of course, if we were allergic to that, which they would inject into our skin, the reaction was huge. And if we didn't react, then the assumption was we're just not allergic to them. Well, things have changed a lot. When I started practicing a few years ago, I don't want to admit to how many, we only did scratch testing and we didn't even do it. Your veterinarian had to send you to a board certified veterinary dermatologist, a specialist to do the scratch testing. I mean, there's some vets, general practitioners that if they did a lot of testing, they could do it. But there was a lot of what we call subjectivity. 
two people can look at the same scratch and decide, well, is that a, is that a three or is that a four? So it's very important to know that there are alternatives now that are fantastic. And I have a special guest today in the studio. Studio, it's called the Speaker Ready Room here at the conference. Pam Hughes works with ACT. It's A-C-T-T, and they specialize in allergy testing, diagnosing, and treatment. And the way we treat now is basically as we call the Band-Aid effect. We are going to use antibiotics to control the secondary infection. We are going to use some sort of immunomodulator, immunosuppressant, whether it's cyclosporine, whether it's prednisone, some sort of corticosteroid, but there are better ways. Those ways are great if you have like an incident and it came up out of the blue. It's not really been a problem. Your doctor is going to certainly want to treat it that way, most likely the first time. And if we get a response, that's great. But what happens when you have to go back again and again and again? These meds are not that great for our pets. So... With that, I introduce Pam. We're going to zoom Pam in. Hey, Pam. Good morning. Good morning, Dr. Weber. Thank you so much for having us. And, you know, you're, you're right that allergies are such a chronic problem for so many pets and pet owners. And that one of the tricks, the tricky parts about allergies is that every pet's allergies are different. They're allergic to different things. So there's not one easy fix or a template that we can follow for every patient. And so that's part of the difficulty. And then as you mentioned, they're allergic to so many different things that we want to keep them comfortable and treat those symptoms, but we have to get to the root of the problem and identify those specific allergens that they're allergic to. And um, you're right that, you know, one way we could do this is to do the skin test that you refer to. And that requires shaving the pet, anesthetizing the pet. And that's an effective way to identify those allergens, but there are other methods now. You know, one of the things I want to talk about also with the scratch testing, which by the way, still might be considered the industry standard. But if you have a dog or a cat who is currently on treatment because of their severe allergies and they're miserable and they need help, you cannot do the test if they're on the medication. In fact, they have to sometimes, with depending on how much corticosteroid they were on, they might have to have a, a period of three or four weeks off of the medication in order to do the test. And for some of the antibiotics and the antihistamines, it's a shorter period. But so you can imagine while you're waiting to be able to do the test, the skin test, the skin test, your pet can be miserable. So there is uh, something new out there, and Pam was just going to well, talk Well, that's right. It. That's the beauty of the serum test is that we can give them those symptom medications to keep them comfortable. We can have the veterinarian draw blood and send it to the laboratory, and we can be testing it during that time to identify what they're allergic to and to be preparing their treatment. And so that is one of the nice uh, advantages to the serum test. And then the other thing about the serum test, too, is that any veterinarian can draw blood and send the serum to, uh, to our laboratory for this kind of testing. So any of the pet owners out there can go to your veterinarian and ask to have this kind of test. So what we're wanting to do is to make it easy for the pet owner and easy for the veterinarian to find these answers to what is my pet allergic to? Because that's the foundation and the first step to developing a successful treatment program. Now, how many different categories and how many different things can our dogs typically allergic, allergic to? Allergic to. We test over 100 different allergens. There's weeds, trees, grasses. Those are the common pollens, the things that humans are allergic to to, but also molds and mites. Mites are often found, storage mites, in their in their pet foods. And then they can be allergic to things like um, indoor allergens like carpet fibers. There's a, an allergen called KPOC, and that's the stuffing that's found in pets' toys and in their bedding. And so they carry this, these toys around in their mouths. Oftentimes they chew and tear up their bedding, but they can be allergic to that fiber. So it's so important to try and figure out what those things are so that we 
can either avoid them or begin to desensitize them with immunotherapy and treat them so that they can build tolerance to those allergens and get control of those symptoms. You know, one of the things also that's interesting is that many of the, the allergens are avoidable. And if we can remove them from the environment, then obviously that's a great way to do it. But in order to know what to remove, we have to test and make the identifications. Now, for those of you that are still smoking cigarettes, maybe for those dogs, I'm going to make sure your dog is allergic to tobacco. So that's one great way that you're going to stop smoking. But, uh, but uh, you know, some of the things like the toys or wool, I mean, when it's pollens, bedding, feathers, there's only so much you can do. You're not going to just put your dog in a bubble. So the diagnosis is extremely important. So it's important, and, and we can treat to those things. Those are things that we can include in their in their treatment set, so that eventually they'll be able to tolerate those things. You don't have to get rid of your cat, yeah. uh, you know. And uh, so we can make them comfortable. And I think it's just important that we help educate pet owners to know this. And um, it's not something that is just common sense. You know, we have to educate people to know that this is possible. So once diagnoses are made, and then it doesn't end there. I mean, certainly there are some things that you could avoid. So if you know what that is, then you obviously try to get rid of them or do what you can. But let's talk about the realities. The realities are that many of the things that we're allergic to, many of the things that our pets are allergic to are unavoidable. We're not going to put them in a plastic bubble. We're not going to get rid of everything in our home. We're not going to take everything that's wool and lift up everything, the carpeting or whatever it may be. So realistically, now the goal is we can either continually treat the symptoms. We can treat the redness. We can treat the itching. We can treat the secondary infection. But that, of course, involves drugs. Some of the drugs we don't really like to use long term. For example, the corticosteroids. So the more, if you will, naturopathic, natural approach is let's try to build up the pet's immunity specifically to those things that they're allergic to, those items, those chemicals, those allergens, environmental allergens, household allergens, et cetera. So Pam, how do we go about that? That's right. Well, there's immunotherapy. It's referred to a couple different ways. Immunotherapy, or you'll sometimes hear it referred to as desensitization. And that's what we're trying to do is desensitize the pet to that that specific allergen. And it's um, we have it available in two forms. Initially, um, and historically, we have had allergy shots. And I think many of us recognize that because as humans, or we've ourselves had allergy shots, or our children have had al- allergy shots. Um, and, and it's a very effective form of immunotherapy. Um, but most recently, there's a new modality that's been introduced and it's allergy drops. It's a sublingual, I know that's a big word, that means under the tongue, um, a sublingual modality and it's a drop every day or twice a day under the tongue to build up that pet's immunity. And so that's been a wonderful alternative because, you know, very often pet owners are not comfortable administering injections to their pet. And so this has been a a very popular and effective form of treatment and it's equally um, as successful in desensitizing that pet and bringing relief. Now, when we give shots, first of all, I know, you know, for personally, yes, when I was a kid, I did have allergy shots. In fact, when I was a kid, I tested positive, ready for this, guys, for dogs, cats, <laughs> horses, sheep, goats, cows, and to top it off, hay. So you can imagine me going through veterinary school, where especially large animal rotations, right? Horses, goats, sheep, and, and, and hay. Yeah, I was quite the wreck. In fact, anybody who ever needed a tissue, a Kleenex, knew all they had to do was find Jeff. And I had a backpack full of them. But the truth is, a lot of you I know do not like to give shots. So I have clients, when it came to the injections, would actually come in and we would give the shots for them in the clinic. But early on in the course of treatment, as you're building up the importance of building up their own immunity, you're giving shots every other day. Right. 
And, you know, true, once you hit a maintenance, uh, which could take a few months, then you might get to the point of giving injections every four weeks. Three to four weeks, five, it all depends on the dog. I mean, the, the, the truth of the matter is there's so much individuality and the need is often to make adjustments based on your pet. And the adjustments are in the amount of extract allergen you're going to inject and the time in between the injections. So it's true, though, that with this new modality of drops, in fact, interestingly, I just read an article from a a veterinary dermatologist who was talking all about the sublingual drops and how effective they are. I guess if there is a, there's no such thing as a free lunch, guys, come on. So with the good has to come a little bad. And that is that with the drops, you're looking at one initially and then two times a day for probably the rest of the pet's life. Now it's easy. I mean, certainly you get up every morning and you're gonna brush your teeth and you're gonna get up and you're gonna take your vitamins, whatever you do, you're gonna drink your coffee. So we're certain, we get used to routine. And we don't even think about it anymore. It's just you do it because it's routine. So we can easily get to the point where putting a drop under a dog's tongue and make it routine. But it's still something you have to be aware of at the beginning. And that's true. But there, you know, many of us have pets that require other medications twice a day. I know Mm -hmm. I have to, my dog has pain relief that she needs twice a day. So we're already giving her medication. And so I think there are many of us that that becomes part of our routine. And so, you know, when we're deciding which kind of treatment we want to take into consideration our lifestyle and can we follow an everyday modality and the temperament of the pet. Some pets and pet owners don't have problems with injections. They both work. And so it's just nice that we have two options now for that. And um, the nice thing about the drops is it's actually pretty easy. It doesn't have to go under the tongue. It can go inside the gum line, by the teeth, the the nozzle. It's a very easy little metered pump. So it's just one pump. So it's it's very doable. The drops are actually manufactured in glycerin. So they're sweet. So palatability and taste is not a problem. So um, it's been very, very popular and very successful. And, you know, it's just really nice to have another option for treating our pets. We want to help them. Absolutely. We have to take a quick break and but you just mentioned something that I want to talk about when we get back and that is how many other medications we are currently giving our animals which then will also can dictate what else we can give and why it's important if we can to get to the basis of our pet's allergies and not continually just cover them up with other medications and with that We'll be right back in about uh, a minute. Thanks for joining us here on Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff here on Pet Life Radio. And if you have questions about allergy, about your pet skin problems, now is the time to give us a call, 877-385-8882. Online, Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff. Join in the conversation or send us that email, and we'll be back in just a minute. We'll be right back, right after these messages. Stay tuned. This is my tired of itching face. Does your dog suffer from persistent itching and scratching? Allergies and skin irritations caused by environment, including pollens, insects, especially fleas, food and common household allergens are common problems in dogs. It's easy to alleviate your dog's discomfort at home with ProSense. ProSense itch and allergy products provide fast relief from symptoms like itchy, irritated skin, skin infections like hot spots and watery eyes. ProSense products are veterinary formulated and recommended to ensure the very best for your pet. Try ProSense today. Your dog will thank you for it. Pets love life. Love them back with ProSense. It's dinner time in America, where more pet parents trust PetSmart for natural and expert recommended foods than any place else. And now, we've added more than 100 new varieties to our already wide selection of your favorite brands, like Simply Nourish, Authority, Wellness, Science Diet, and more. Do what's best for your pet at PetSmart. 
happiness in store. Go to PetSmartDeal.com to find out this week's coupon code and save up to 30% on food, treats, toys, and more. And get free shipping on orders of $49. Go to PetSmartDeal.com. P-E-T-S-M-A-R-T-D-E-A-L.com. Having a rough day? Longing for the dog days of summer? Think your fun furry friend lives a dog's life? Well, find out everything you're begging to know as Pet Life Radio presents It's a Doggy Dog World with pet expert and award-winning author Liz Palaika, Kate Abbott, and Petra Burke. Every dog has his day, and you'll find out how to make your dog's day fun and rewarding every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Pets. Let's talk pets on Pet Life Radio. Pet Life And I have a special guest, Pam Hughes from Act Allergy. And, you know, it's amazing. Before the break, we um, were uh, discussing the importance of trying to desensitize, treat the source instead of continually covering up our canine and feline allergies with medications. And, you know, one of the things that I think you should know that allergies are, interestingly, just as in people, inherited and, you know, my dad had allergies, and I knew I was going to have allergies, and I did. So it's no different dogs. That's right. They're an inherited trait, and we actually even know that there are certain breeds that are predisposed to allergies. For example, many of the terrier breeds, anything with a terrier in it is probably predisposed to allergies. That includes boxers, but also retrievers, golden retrievers. Oh, terrible. Are, are common. So, and I, you mentioned terriers. I'm afraid. But, you know, a lot of the terriers, interestingly, are hypoallergenic to us. Let's say, for example, the wheat, soft-coated wheat and terrier. Everybody talks about them as if you have a child with allergies, get a Wheaton. The funny thing is, even though they are hypoallergenic to us, they themselves are one of the most allergic breeds. I see so many Wheatons with skin problems. West Highland White Terriers. Um, oh, they're yeah. terrible, terrible. Karen Terriers. You know, Toto, poor Toto. Toto was covered in allergies. If you look real closely when you're next time you watch the movie, you're going <laughs> to see. No. So the, uh, the keys are that there are certain breeds. And something that's very important, and you mentioned with your own dog, we see a lot of allergies in the retrievers, especially the goldens, the boxers. But there's another problem that we are continually treating in our large breeds, and that's arthritis. And of course, one of the most common medications we are using to treat the arthritis in our large breeds are the NSAIDs, which are the non-steroidal anti-inflammatories, whether it's meloxicam, whether it's carprofen, whatever. But the issue is when your dog's are on these non-steroidal anti-inflammatories, you do not want to use your steroidal anti-inflammatories, your prednisone, for example, to treat their skin problems. So you're kind of stuck. If you want to treat their arthritis with the one, then you're, it sort of obviates you, you can't use, that you don't want to use, it's not really that safe, to use the steroidal anti-inflammatories to treat the skin. So on these dogs, it's even more important to do what we can to avoid the need for these medications, for the steroids. And that's why I think this allergy testing is so important. 
Now, I think it's also important to note that the testing and the desensitization is now the fact that we can use serum allergy testing, desensitization as simple as something drops that you can put under your dog's tongue or inside the mouth. There's really, at this point, no excuse, in my opinion, not to have your allergic pets tested. And I don't, if your veterinarians aren't doing it, you should look into it, talk to them about it. You can tell them you heard it here by Dr. Jeff himself here on Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff. And they can call me, they can email me at Dr. Jeff at Pet Life Radio, just the same, because I have been doing allergy testing for my patients for a long time, and I absolutely see results. Now, are the results 100%? Absolutely not. In fact, there is, I know, what percent, Pam, is the specificity and sensitivity of the test? Let's go to the test first. Well, and, and actually the best way to know if the test is accurate is if the treatment is responding. Mm-hmm. And so we see 75 to 80% of the patients that respond favorably to treatment. And what that means is that their symptoms are greatly reduced. Their comfort level, their itching and scratching, it's reduced uh, visits to the veterinarian for ear infections or skin conditions and the the things that are the symptoms of the allergy. So when a pet owner is administering immunotherapy and really staying with the program, 80% of the time they can see dramatic improvement. And one of the things that we talk about that's really important is the teamwork, um, the importance of teamwork in treating allergies because as we said, every patient is different. So every patient responds differently and needs may need tweaking and adjustment to their treatment. So it's important for the veterinarian and the pet owner to work together to find that sweet spot, that's that right formulation and that right amount of treatment for that pet. And to the communication that if the treatment is um, is not working, we want to maybe administer treatment a little more frequently, or maybe they need a stronger concentration. So it's just important to work with your veterinarian um, and stay in communication and watch your pet closely and to get them over the hump and get them feeling better. And you know, one of the things that you just mentioned that a lot of slips a lot of our minds as veterinarians even, and that is the ear problem. You look at your golden retriever, you look at your Labrador retriever, as do I have two of them, and we see a lot of ear infections. Well, interestingly, they can have their only symptom of allergy might be continuous ear infections. They're persistent, they respond to treatment, but then they come back. And it's important to note that that can be allergies. It could be either food allergies and it could be inhaled allergies. So a lot of dogs, you know, if you remember when we talked about these different allergies a while ago, we were discussing the overlap, that there are certain parts of the body that just typically are involved in an allergy. For example, if the most of the lesions, the scabs, the sores are in the lower back, you got to think fleas. Fleas, number one. If it's inside on the belly or inside the thighs or the back of the thighs, you want to think atopy or inhaled allergies. But then you get to things like ears and face and rubbing. A lot of these could be food or inhaled allergies. So there's, it's not foolproof. And therefore, if you have persistent, if your dog, especially if you're you're a large breed, is having persistent problems with the ears or your terriers, persistent ear infections, and as I said, that might be the only symptom, very possibly we're looking at allergies. So instead of just going back to the vet and getting more ear cleaning and more medication, and and it's usually going to be steroid, why don't you think about having your pet's um, allergy tested and actually get to the source of the problem? And that's right, because so often, you know, when we have these breeds and maybe they swim and their ears are wet and we think, oh, they have an ear infection because they've been swimming, we didn't clean their ears properly. And as, as pet owners, we're, we feel like we're not doing a good enough job, you know, taking care of their ears when really the problem is allergy and it doesn't matter how much cleaning and so forth that we do, we're not going to be able to really resolve that ear issue unless we're, unless we're desensitizing them. And so that's really important. And not everybody knows that the ears could be an allergy symptom. And, you know, one thing that we have to, you know, drive the point home. If you have allergic pets, 
there is a solution. That's right. It's not 100%, but then nothing is 100%. What we don't want to do is continually give our pets steroids, 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 or the cyclosporine. Is it okay short-term? Yes. We have to make these pets comfortable. But if you see that this is going to be becoming a chronic problem, there are better ways, safer ways for your pets. And, you know, it'll make them much more comfortable. And there's nothing worse. I mean, I see these dogs that with chronic allergies and they're coming in, their skin is dry, it's flaky, sometimes it's greasy and oily. They smell. You know, my dog's sleeping better with me. I don't know how that you, you know, you can have a dog that uncomfortable and not want to get to the root of the problem. And it's something that really nowadays is so easy to do. There are a number of companies out there for information. They can either go to my site, Dr. Jeff, drjeff.com. You can also log on to ACTT Allergy, that's actallergy.com with a lot of information. And if you're a veterinarian, hasn't discussed this with you, you should discuss it with your veterinarian. There are easy ways. There are treatment kits that, that you could receive. Take to your veterinarian even, and they can draw the blood. And by the way, let's talk cost-effective for a second. The testing, as with anything, any lab work, full panel of something can be expensive. But in the long haul, besides the safety factor to your pet, you will end up spending less well, that's right. Then you will if you continually treat the symptoms. That's right, because, you know, with the symptoms, you know, there's, like we just talked about, that there's this, what we call a cumulative effect, where first it might be their ears, and so all these ear wash products, and then they may have skin, you know, flare-ups or hot spots, and so it requires antibiotics and topicals and special baths, and so it just starts to build up and build up the expense, and not to mention just the discomfort for the pet and for the pet owners, and so with immunotherapy, this can alleviate all the need for all of those extra expenses. And, you know, it's a, it, per month cost, it would be far less expensive than all of these other products combined. That's great. Well, I want to thank you for joining us and uh, educating us a little bit about allergy. You. Now you know there is a solution, I think a better solution, to treating our pets with chronic allergies, making them more comfortable, letting them share your bed with you as they should. And or I should say actually sharing your bed with them. My dog's bed is too small for me to fit in. But my bed's plenty big enough for them. Anyway, I want to again thank our sponsors, ProSense Pet Products and Kong. Uh, and anyone who, if you want to send me an email about allergy, um, you too, I will read it next week. And we will send you out a free ProSense product and a Kong toy just for having the courage, the guts to reach us here at Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff here on Pet Life Radio. And we will, uh, I want to thank, I once again thank Mark Winter, our, our producer. And we will see you here next week, 9 a.m. Pacific time zone, noon Eastern time zone, and anywhere in between, depending on where you live. See you next week. Thank you. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.